Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Closing in on the end of the All-Star break. Red Sox back in action on Thursday against the Yankees. And joining us now, a guy who spent parts of nine seasons in the big leagues, had a couple of different stints with the Red Sox, and you've seen him on TV a bunch over the last several years, Fox, Nesson, a couple other places too. It's Steve Psycho Lyons. Steve, thanks for being with us. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you guys? <laughs> Good. I appreciate you being with us. Uh, before I really get into the Red Sox and your career, et cetera, I got to tell you, I told my boss I was having you on, and he mentioned to me that uh, he doesn't expect you to remember this, but Sugar Bush Country Club or resort, uh, resort in Vermont a handful of years ago, he was in a foursome with you, Tony Oliva, and Mickey Mantle's Bat Boy. <laughs> Uh, is he sure that I wasn't actually Mickey Mantle's bad boy? <laughs> he, he did not confirm or deny, but he did say it was a weird golf tournament. There was only like 12 people playing, and I was in a foursome with Steve Lyons. Yeah, well, you know what? I guess they were really scrambling to find people <laughs> to show up for it. Oh, well, that was a good story that he had. Um, is that your only trip to Vermont? Uh, you know, I've, I've gone through before, but I haven't had the uh, pleasure of hanging around that often. Well, uh, I want to move maple syrup, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maple syrup. Um, you know, you're also doing a podcast on the Red Sox on the Believe Podcast Network. So I want to start with the Sox and same coverage there. Um, they're one of the great stories of the first half of the season. Certainly a surprise to many. What do you think the biggest uh, reason for their success is this year? Well, you know, I actually think Hein Bloom's done an outstanding job of adding players to the mix here. Um, you know, he's famous for working within a budget. He doesn't really have that much of a budget with the Red Sox, so he certainly can spend money if he wants to. Um, but, you know, his style is to try to go under the radar a little bit. He did that during the uh, the COVID season uh, by adding some guys that really nobody else wanted. Guys, you know, Christian Arroyo, you know, was yep. a guy that nobody cared about. He signed a guy like that. Um, the Hunter Renfro signing was completely under the radar. Um, you know, the Kike Hernandez signing was is going about as well as I thought it would. You know, I don't think Kike is necessarily an everyday player, but he's really good if you play him four times a week. Um, he's starting to show his power again now. You know, yeah. his defensive ability is, is outstanding. Uh, but they added a bunch of guys, and then you're getting – uh, a lot of contributions so far this season from guys that you weren't sure about. Nick Pavetta is a guy who's always had arm history uh, problems. Uh, you know, knock on wood, it's been pretty good. All their starters have taken a turn. We'll see how that lasts. You know, you're going to get sale back, uh, you know, in, in August sometime. That'll be a, a big shot in the arm for them. So, uh, you know, it, it's gone as well as could be expected. I think it's a, you know, really a completely different team uh, than it was last year. I'm, quite frankly, last year was brutal to watch. Worst team in baseball, <laughs> ugly, ugly baseball. A lot of guys that shouldn't even been uh, in the big leagues, you know, taking a turn on the mound. So uh, a complete turnover, uh, but they still have a lot of work to do in the second half because they, they do still have those same question marks. They're being answered in the first half. Will they be answered in the second half? As the trade deadline looms a couple of weeks from now, Bloom's walking a tightrope, right? He always mentions sustainable success is what we want, so it's hard for me to imagine him blowing out the farm system for a big move, but he's also got a team he thinks maybe can win the World Series this year. So how do you think they approach the deadline? I think he sticks with his own game plan. Uh, I, I think uh, that he won't make 
big moves that require prospects. But, you know, I know that he wants more pitching. I think he's going to find out through the second half of the season that he does need more pitching. So it's going to be tugging at his heartstrings there because I know he's not the kind of guy that wants to get rid of the farm system. The farm system was in shambles a few seasons ago. We know that. Uh, they were uh, Many of the prospects were traded away. There weren't much coming up behind them. Uh, it's in much better shape right now, but I think he wants to continue that that progress. And so I, it'll be very, very hard for him to, to pull the trigger on a big-name trade that requires him to give up his top prospects. Steve Lyons, former Red Sox player and former Red Sox broadcaster, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. What position would you want to address most at the deadline? I've seen first base. I've seen always adding relievers, starters. Where do you want to address most? I think it's always going to be pitching, whether it's a starter or a reliever. Um, you know, it's really hard to point at either of those areas and say, well, where's the, where's the glaring hole? Well, it's, it, there hasn't been. That's, that's, but that's the problem. It's like, you know, we've watched every starter take the ball when they're supposed to. Most of them have 17 starts. That can wear on a team. Uh, and because they've gone deep into games, the bullpen has been saved pretty well. So, you know, it's, uh, you know they have done a good job. Once the starters go fewer innings and you have to rely a little bit more on your bullpen, then they start to tire out. Yeah. So if he had the opportunity to get one of each, maybe a, you know, some type type of uh, uh, very good reliever or a potential starter, you know, I would I wouldn't be surprised to see him pull the trigger on both. You know, we mentioned walking a tightrope, and look, I had the Red Sox finishing in fourth this year, so I figured the second half of the season was going to be all about development and slow playing things. I, I don't know how Heimbloom handles this. If he gets a first baseman, you stunt Bobby Dahlbeck's development, and maybe he goes back to AAA. Duran's ready to come up, but are you ready to put him in the throes of a pennant race? Chris Sale, I was going to just, hey, we'll start him as an opener or let him throw two innings at a time all through the rest of the season. They're going to need him to throw five or six at some point. How do you handle that tightrope? I think you do all of that, you know. Yeah. I mean- you know, I I always find it strange in baseball how, uh, you know, and I think it's a it's a writer's thing. It's a reporter's thing where they're like, like you mentioned, Duran. I mean, if he's ready, he's ready. I'm not 100 percent sure he's ready, but he's certainly showing the signs. Right. He's knocking yeah. on the door. So if the you know, people are saying, well, when they bring him up, they'll hit him eighth. You know, they'll ease him in. I got news for you. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're hitting. You stroll to the plate as a number eight hitter. You still have to get the job done. So if he looks like your best leadoff hitter, you throw him in the leadoff spot and let him sink or swim. You know, I always say if you're ready to play the game, you're ready to play the game. Let him go. I don't know why they want to baby guys once they get him up here. And usually, you know, people will use the excuse, well, I don't want to ruin his confidence. You know, I got news for you. If you can ruin a guy's confidence, I don't want him as my teammate. I don't mm. care if he goes 0 for 40 because that guy's going to wake up the next day thinking he's going to get two hits on this day coming to the ballpark. Because if he doesn't, then I don't want him. I don't want him here. I don't want a guy that puts his tail between his legs and goes away with a little adversity, whether he's a new player or a rookie player in the, in the big leagues or he's been around for 10 years. If he's ready to play, let him play. I feel guilty engaging in this sports radio fodder, but WEEI said yesterday their trade offer is Anthony uh, Rizzo for Michael Chavis. I'm like, God, isn't Anthony Rizzo worth more than Michael Chavis, or is that where we're at now in trade discussions? That You know, I would make that deal in an absolute I. So would I. <laughs> You know, I, I know that Chavis has tried to make some adjustments. I think he's done a better job. I think he got out over his skis early on when he had that early success. And then it, it just seemed like he was 
more impressed with his pose after he took a swing and missed uh, than he was with actually being productive. He struck out way too much, even though no one cares about strikeouts anymore. Uh, you know, he's had to adjust, and I think he's starting to do that. But uh, a Chavis for Rizzo deal, in my sleep, I do that. Absolutely, I would too. That's why I feel guilty engaging in that. I don't even think it's a discussion. We're talking yeah, with right. <laughs> something up on the wall. They needed to talk about it. <laughs> We're talking with Steve Lyons, former Red Sox player and former Red Sox broadcaster here uh, on WDEV. The new podcast is on the Believe Podcast Network. It is a Red Sox centered podcast. What do you guys cover uh, show to show? Uh, you know, whatever's happening uh, in that upcoming week or what we've seen in the past, it's called This Is Our Effing Podcast. Yeah. Uh, me and Sean McAdam do it. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of nuts and bolts of what's going on. Uh, obviously, uh, we did it today. Not exactly sure when it airs. Uh, obviously, the as you and I speak, the All-Star Game is tonight. We didn't have a chance to cover that, but we certainly covered the home run hitting contest, uh, which I think is a, a complete snore fest. <laughs> and the only reason I paid attention because I knew I was going to have to talk about it. And the other reason was Shohei Otani, who's, you know, taking the baseball world by storm. I certainly appreciate what he's been able to do both as a pitcher and, and an everyday player. Um, I think he got a little over anxious in the yeah. home hitting contest and, and was pulling everything. And, you know, he's got explosive power to right center to left center. And he should have just let that work for him. Uh, but, you know, it was a big stage for him. And no question he was nervous. I, I think they said the guy that was pitching to him, he hadn't actually seen since spring training. Yes. So it was an odd choice that that was the guy that was thrown to him. But he was out in front of everything, yanking it down the line. And that's really not him. And you can tell how gassed he was at the end. <laughs> He was completely uh, out of it by the end. I got two kind of off-the-beaten-path questions for you. Um, you worked at Nesson for a bunch of years on Red Sox broadcast. That means you got to sit next to Tom Karen for a long time. And TC loves Vermont, went to college in Vermont, comes up to Vermont. I've had a beer with him in Vermont before. Any TC dirt for the next time I see him? I'm so sick of hearing about Vermont from TC. I'll tell you, you know, TC, I, I think he's one of those guys that just absolutely evolved into the job and, and took it by storm. You know, I I think when he first got the job way back when, he's been doing it for 25, 26 yeah. years now. You know, he was some kid who was like, hey, I'll throw my name at this and see if it sticks. You know, now he's, he's I mean, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but he's he's almost like part of management at at Nesson. They don't mm. make moves without consulting him first. He's excellent what he at what he does. I think he's even had to take on more of a conversationalist role in his role as host because of who he's working with now. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of different moving pieces over there. Uh, you know, obviously. Uh, I wish I was still working. Um, I'm not. You know, that's, a, that's a completely different story, I guess. But, uh, you know, Tom's as, as good of, of, of host of a show as anyone I've ever worked with. And, uh, you know, I, I, it makes me feel bad that I'm not working with him right now. Well, we certainly missed your coverage on Nesson as well on the Red Sox broadcast. It's not quite the same. Um, I'll get you out of here on a funnier and happier note, I guess. I've always wondered this. You're the perfect person to ask, I think. What do runners at first base and first baseman usually talk about? Uh, <laughs> usually where they're going for dinner after the game. <laughs> you know, it depends on how well you know someone. Uh, sometimes you've played with a guy before. You're like, hey, how are your kids doing? What are they up to? You, you try not to get too engaged because you'll get picked off if you forget yeah. about what's going on over there. But, yeah, even when I was playing first base, I used to love to talk to guys. I'll tell you a quick story. You know, uh, when Ricky Henderson got on first base one time and I was playing for the White Sox and, and Ron Karkovice was catching that day. Yeah. 
And Carco, you know, obviously we had uh, Carlton Fisk on the team as well. So it must have been a Sunday day game because both Carco and I was playing. That tells <laughs> and uh, I, I told Ricky, I said, don't go. You can't run. You can't run because Carco will throw you out. And Ricky, you know, we all know Ricky kind of mumbled and talked about himself in, in, in third person. So you'd listen to Ricky and he'd be like, oh, Ricky can go. You don't know Ricky. Ricky, Ricky can go. He's going to go anyway. And I said, Ricky, don't go. He'll throw you out. Next pitch, he steals. Cargovice threw him out. And of course, his uh, dugout was on the first base side. So I was just standing there with my arms across my chest, <laughs> watching him walk by. And I said, I told you, I told you, no, he was going to throw him out. So uh, you talk about stupid stuff like that and then kind of rub their noses in it if you're right. Well, that's Officer Clark, as I remember Hawk Harrelson used to say on the uh, White Sox broadcast. My dad's a diehard Sox fan, so I've watched a whole lot of White Sox baseball in my life. So uh, Steve Lyons, former Red Sox player, White Sox player, a couple other teams as well. And now the podcast is This Is Our Effing Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast. So, Steve, man, we appreciate the time and uh, look forward to an entertaining second half. Yeah, we'll do that again. I, I appreciate it.